0: Welcome back into the Bruce Woolley Show. Jack Windsor here. Delighted to be with you. Thank you for tuning in and considering what we're talking about today. Uh, still want to hear from you. If you have an opinion, don't be afraid. You can send me an email too. Some people don't like to go on air. I get it. It can be scary. Uh, Jack.Windsor at the, that's T-H-E, the dot Jack.Windsor at theohiopressnetwork.com send me an email, <clears throat> drop me a note, let me know what you think. I, I think the Nikki Haley comment, I'm going to play it for you one more time before we pivot over to something else, but I think, I think this comment uh, will we'll raise some eyebrows. Uh, Madam Ambassador, another question is what care should be on the table when a 12-year-old child in this country assigned female at birth says actually I feel more comfortable living as a boy. What should the law allow the response to be? I think the law should stay out of it and I think parents should handle it. The law should stay out of it and parents should handle it. It's it's one of those hot potato issues, right? I, I feel like she's playing strategic ball here where she's saying, Look, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you something that would ignite the left. In the process, is she igniting the right? Or maybe you see it the way that <laughs> Some people saw what Barack Obama said about gay marriage, you know, when he was running for his second term. You just take things off the plate that could be uh, catalytic to explosive uh, challenges or, or voter turnout. I think I think one of the challenges that that Democrats are going to face in 24 is voter turnout because I think they're going to tub thump more on January 6th, and Donald Trump is going to essentially kill all of his adversaries and America will never be a democracy again. By the way, we're not a democracy. We're a constitutional representative Republic, but that's what they're going to do. And I just don't think that the, the folks that need to go to the polls, like the younger voters, um, maybe some of the other uh, folks that traditionally uh, have supported people like Biden in, in crucial times, I just think that they've heard the the cry for wolf one too many times. And so I look at that and say, well, Nikki Haley is playing she's playing safe ball right now. She's saying, look, it's it's a parental rights issue and that's that's all I'm going to say. It's not a not an issue for the law, it's an issue for parental rights. So, you know, somebody on the right would say, well, "Yeah, it is a parental rights issue." I mean, parent, parental rights, I believe in that. And on the left, okay, there's there's nothing there that we can scathe her for. Um, But you know, she kind of did the same thing with abortion when asked. She said, it's a state's rights issue, and that's what we fought for. Now, I I have an opinion. I have a belief system, but it's a state's rights issue, and there's really nothing that anyone as president can do about it. She's right essentially, Um, but again, I think she's playing safe ball, and maybe if you're a conservative, you see that and you go, I don't think she really believes it. I think she's just being strategic, just like when Donald Trump – Talks about Ron DeSantis and you know certain types of heartbeat laws. Yeah, it's too radical. It's not what – does he believe it? I don't know, but I know that maybe that plays well for him because, all again, all the left has is orange man bad and, what, abortion. That's it. That's all they have in 24. And so if Republicans go, that's states' rights issue, not our issue, um, then they avoid – they avoid what – progressives need to win. They they avoid, um, you know, stirring the pot and getting people out to vote uh, under the guise of protect your reproductive health. Uh, Okay, so give me a call. Let me know what you think. Is it a parental rights issue or is it abuse to allow a minor to gender, quote, gender transition, given that the statistics on suicide increasing when a child doesn't transition being bunk? And given the fact that we know now that the groups that support transactivism are drug companies, the medical industrial complex. that's going to profit. They're using kids as a scapegoat, as an emotional scapegoat to tug at your heartstrings. Uh, I don't know if you saw this at just the news. IRS whistleblower confirms Hunter Biden received nearly five million dollars from donor for personal expenses. Uh, the guy's name is Joseph Ziegler. And he shared an example of how Hunter's foreign business activity with Burisma could be linked to his father, uh, clueless Joe Biden. So Joseph Ziegler is uh, – <clears throat> he He told the House Ways and Means Committee in a closed-door testimony yesterday that Hunter Biden received $5 million in loans from a donor for personal expenses – uh, Hunter appeared to follow a pattern of attempting to avoid paying taxes on relevant income. This first started with Hunter not reporting the Barisma income in 2014 and allegedly falsely claiming that it was a loan to him. This is what Ziegler said in his testimony. Now, the House Ways and Means Committee is one of three committees, uh, the judiciary, which is chaired by Ohio's Jim Jordan, and uh, the Government Oversight Committee. Those three committees have been doing a ton of work looking into this web of business dealings, international business dealings that involve Joe Biden, James Biden, uh Hunter Biden. Now, the press will tell you that Joe's not involved at all. Now, other people have said, well, yeah, he, he got on phone calls probably 20 times, but he was just representing the Biden brand. He 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 didn't do it. He didn't know the Hunter was getting money. Um Ziegler also said that uh, Hunter got a loan to pay delinquent taxes from a Democratic donor, Kevin Patrick Morris, about four and a half, about four point nine million, I guess, in payments for personal expenses. As stated in my previous testimony, I read a note from Hunter Biden's 2020 tax return that Hunter Biden received a loan from a third party known to be Kevin Patrick Morris in paying off hunter Biden's delinquent taxes now Ziegler's interview confirms what just the news reported last month showing that Kevin Morris and Hunter Biden had engaged in a series of loans totaling about five point three million since when since Joe Biden began running for president isn't that interesting we're going to we're going to give you some money hunter once your dad's running for president it's that's coincidental right <laughs> it has, no, it has nothing to do Or is that part of the Biden brand? Daddy's going to be president, so you can loan me the money. I'm good for it. We'll call it a loan. We'll call it a loan. If I call it a loan, I don't have to report it as income, which means I don't have to pay taxes on it. Ziegler and fellow whistleblower Gary Shapley, who oversaw the IRS pro of Hunter Biden's tax issues, have alleged that the U.S. Justice Department interfered with the investigation and thwarted some of the actions they were ready to take based on several leads. According to Ziegler, Hunter's tax accountant, said that the 2017 and 2018 tax liabilities were discussed with Hunter Biden on February 11th, 2020, and that he elected to not remit the tax payments because he did not have the resources to pay them. It's noted that the month prior to this, Morris made a $160,000 tax payment in an attempt to pay off Hunter Biden's delinquent 2015 tax debt, which was a point of contention with Hunter's ex-wife at the time. Now, Hunter may have been in breach of his marital separation agreement, and Hunter's ex-wife at the time was having an issue renewing her passport due to the delinquent tax debt. That's that's a, that's a way to be an upstanding citizen there, Hunter. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Um, so... <sighs> Ziegler also provided an example of how Hunter's foreign business activity with Ukraine energy company Burisma could be linked to his father. This is where it gets interesting. And uh, maybe we'll, we'll talk about this on the other side of the, the break, too. Uh, Ziegler said that uh, – I can't ever pronounce this guy's name. Vadim Pozharsky, advisor to the Burisma board of directors, sent an email to Hunter on April 17, 2015. Where he thanks Hunter for the quote, opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. So uh, we'll talk about that. Does that link Joe Biden to Hunter Biden's receipt of millions from Burisma? We'll see. Stay tuned. Wow, Uh, this is the final segment, isn't it? Holy smokes. Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, So you heard this uh, breaking news report on one of the commercial breaks. Former Speaker Kevin McCarthy will retire from Congress at the end of the year. And he said, I have decided to depart the House at the end of this year to serve America in new ways. He said that in a Wall Street Journal op-ed. I know my work is only getting started. What's next for Kevin McCarthy? If he had to hazard a guess, what's next? Dave, is it Dave? No, it's not Dave Johnson. Uh, Mike Johnson. He announced his retirement and, um, taking over at Youngstown State University. Um, And I had this conversation with Adam Hewitt, who is the political director for Warren Davidson. We were talking about uh, why Johnson left and went to Youngstown State University. And, you know, the the consensus was he felt like he couldn't get anything done. And I wonder if McCarthy feels the same way. He felt like he couldn't get anything done. And I, I... Talked to some insiders on Capitol Hill who said, you know, during that whole charade where they tried to replace McCarthy with another speaker, it really was like a, a schoolyard fight between 12 year olds. Um, there were two sides representing two different congressional representatives who were just kind of taking pot shots at each other and, you know, taking their ball and running somewhere else. And that a lot of it was just kind of a, a dog and pony show that it really had everything to do with Scalise and McCarthy uh, and their factions. And so it is, is, is the machine, the mechanism so big and so out of control and so unwieldy that well intended people can't get anything done. Hmm. We'll see. I, I, I have no idea what's next for McCarthy. Uh, it probably become a, I don't know, sit on the board of a pharma company or something. Um, Let's get back into we've only got a few minutes left here. This this uh, IRS whistleblower uh, agent, Joseph Ziegler, he testified before the House Ways and Means Committee. And he did it yesterday. He provided an example of how Hunter's foreign business activity with Ukraine energy company Burisma could have linked his father, Joe, president, current president, of the United States, POTUS, Joe Biden. Uh, Ziegler shared that. The advisor to the Burisma Board of Directors sent an email to Hunter on April 17th, 2015, where he thanks Hunter for, quote, the opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together, end quote. Despite this email message, Ziegler said investigators were never given an opportunity to interview Joe Biden to find out what they discussed at that meeting. Chances are he probably forgets now. I mean that genuinely. The lights are on there, but nobody's home. The whistleblower testimony took place as the House GOP plans to take a formal vote on opening an impeachment inquiry against Joe Biden next week. Following the closed door whistleblower testimony, the Ways and Means Committee announced Tuesday it voted to release 56 new pages of evidence showing that then Vice President Joe Biden used multiple email aliases and private email addresses to communicate with his son's business associate and Maine financial architect. So they continue to peel layers of the onion back, and it looks like they may have found something. 56 pages of evidence, and uh, I actually, if you get out to Twitter, uh, I, I just tweeted that, and you can see it is a report from the House Ways and Means Committee. Newly released evidence underscores Joe Biden's excessive use of a secret email address to communicate with his son's business associates. When you're hiding something, you're hiding something, right? I mean, when, you, when you're not hiding something, you're not hiding something. When you, when you use fake email accounts, there's a reason. Um, the president appears now to not only have had knowledge but also been intimately involved in Hunter Biden's business dealings, read a committee press release. The material released today, which was yesterday, further corroborates the previous testimony of IRS agents Joseph Ziegler and Gary Shapley, highlighting the incredible level of access Hunter Biden and his business partners had in Joe Biden's public office while working for foreign businesses. Now, Hunter is not a registered agent. So he technically cannot receive the payments that he's received. I think that's a felony, isn't it? But Joe Biden lying the whole time, lying Joe Biden, uh, he didn't know. Well, he knew, but he had meetings and well, he had phone calls, but they t- 20 phone calls they talked about the weather for those 20 phone calls. They talked about the weather, Jeff. It was the weather. They were talking about snow and rain and sleet and how it would be dangerous for Joe Biden to ride his bike in the snow. He can't ride his bike in the sunshine on a bike path. Give me a break. So it's all out there. The uncovered emails include a message from Morris, who expressed to a Biden family accountant that Hunter's unpaid taxes posed a considerable risk personally and politically and needed to be reconciled, which means that a Democratic donor says, all right, Hunter, I got you. I got you, dude. I'll pay that tax bill. That way the IRS can stop trailing you stop looking into you and certainly not ask your dad any questions Uh, folks this is incredible reporting but i don't think you'll see it at the new york times or the washington post or the columbus dispatch or the cleveland plane dealer or the dayton daily news am i missing any the toledo blade why is that why can't we count on the press To do the job that it was created to do. Now, let's be clear. The press has never been perfect. It's always uh, been under the attack and the attempt of people who want to control it as a propaganda outlet machine. And and by the way, we're going to talk about this tomorrow. Um, Oh, I just got got to read you this headline real quick. Uh, Republicans threaten Hunter Biden with contempt of Congress for rejecting subpoena. There it is, 1246 p.m. So uh, Hunter Biden, Bueller, 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 you're supposed to show up, Hunter. (laughs) We'll see how that one plays out. But tomorrow I want to talk to you about uh, news outlets that, uh, man, there's one in Ohio that is funded by – Essentially, the the groups that make up Arabella Advisors, make sure that you search that up today. That's your homework. Search up Arabella Advisors. Who funds Arabella Advisors? What causes have they supported? That group gave seed money to an Ohio news outlet. Now, that Ohio news outlet not only publishes reports that other people republish, but they have writers who were once on staff. Who are now at TV stations in Columbus, at newspapers in Cleveland, at newspapers in uh, Cincinnati, at another newspaper and outlet in Columbus. So they're cross pollinating and spreading propaganda, and you're not getting a real dose of reality. And that's a huge problem because you can't fix an issue if you don't know that it exists. And then they create false issues and then their candidates give you the solutions so that you vote for them at the ballot box. More on that tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon intelligence agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the Intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. (laughs)